We can all breathe. We can all relax now. All is right within the world of Montreal. The city is happy. The Montreal Canadiens fan base is happy. And the curfew boys are happy. I'm not. Well, then you can get out. (laughs) (laughs) We're happy to be back for uh, a surprising yet not surprising episode. It's the Cole Caulfield extension episode. Sammy here with Chris and Anthony. Gentlemen. Hey now. Chris, tell me hey you're now. happy at least. Not not like Anthony over here. Of course. Of course, of course. I'm happy. Just yeah. trying to spice things up here, guys. You sound like a miserable. I'm not happy here. <laughs> How could you not be happy? Though? This fucking... Every, everybody was so impatient with this. No Cole Caulfield contract news you know michael pozzetta got signed people are happy we're like but they ain't cole caulfield news you know during the stanley cup playoffs you know it's like yeah great florida won but where's the cole caulfield news it's like people we said this before it was going to get done there wasn't going to be any team offer offering caulfield an offer sheet you know i wasn't worried i know chris and Nancy weren't worried but nonetheless Happy it's done. What a way to start your week on a Monday morning with that announcement. And uh, guys, we're going to get right into it. So Caulfield, eight years extension at $7.85 million per year as a cap hit. And I'm going to say this. It's the perfect contract. It's probably the perfect contract for Cole Caulfield. It's the perfect contract for the Montreal Canadiens. Please share your thoughts because there's lots of people in this city who are happy. Believe it or not, there's probably lots of people in this city that aren't too thrilled about the contract. There's a lot of Toronto Maple Leafs fans that are pissed off, but we don't give a shit about them, do we? There's a lot why? of Ottawa fans. Why are they pissed off? I don't understand. Because they're Maple Leafs fans. You know what it means? You, you talk about Anthony being unhappy. You sound like a Toronto Maple Leafs fan earlier. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't want to insult you. I don't want to put you into that same category. It was a Maple freaking Leafs joke, but now you took it to another uh, level by calling me a Leafs fan. I don't fuck. want you to be an Ottawa Senators fan either. You know, there's some Sens fans that are pissed off too. You but know? I, no, but my question is, <laughs> hold on, put all this aside. My mm-hmm. question is, Yes, I understand they're Toronto Leaf fans and Ottawa's, but what's their reasoning behind being pissed about this contract? It has nothing to do with them. Unless I they, know. Like, it, it makes no sense. Well, because Toronto Maple Leafs fans feel they, they're entitled to give their opinions and to share their feelings when nobody like, gives a shit. It's like Matthew's signing an extension. <laughs> I'm so fucking mad. I think, like, I think, I think it's because they know they're like, shit, the Canadians probably saved a lot of money on the cap for the future to help them grow this team. And then they're all thinking like, because they, 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 they need something to distract them from the fucking disaster that's going on within their own, their own team. You know, they don't, they don't like, they don't like the new GM. They don't like the new GM. They don't know what's going on with Austin Matthews. They don't know what's going on with the core four. Meanwhile, we'll, we're building our core knowing that we're not spending fucking almost 50% of our salary cap on our top players. So, screw you, Toronto Maple Leafs. Did, did, so, did did you want to give your opinion, Sammy, or did you want to give? I us mean, a I, I, to, I, uh... I, I, I could. I mean, look, I, I could, I could definitely start with with whatever my thoughts are. It's just, 
it was so obvious that he wasn't going to get more than Nick Suzuki. But isn't it equivalent to Nick? Twenty five thousand uh, less per year. It's twenty. Yeah, twenty five thousand. Looking at it now, it's exactly. seven seven eight seven five, and he's yeah, what? okay, and he's seven eight five. It's twenty five thousand dollars difference. Well, look here. Let, let 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 me let me break it down to everybody. So for the first three seasons of this extension, so from twenty twenty three up until twenty twenty six. So for the first three years, he's actually making a total. Including signing bonuses, he's getting a signing bonus for the first two seasons of five million dollars. So his total salary for the first three seasons is nine point nine seven five million. So basically, he's getting the highest amount of money he can make in this new contract within the first three years. Okay, so from twenty twenty three to twenty twenty six, he's getting nine point nine seven five million dollars. This is my sources here is CapFriendly.com, which is an amazing website. 2026 and and the 2026-27 season it drops to 8.705 million 2027-28 season it drops to 6.215 and then the final 3 years of his contract from 2028 to the 2031 season it goes down to 5.985 million dollars but the average cap hit is 7.85 this is beautiful this is beautiful. You're basically paying him all the money right now at this young age, still not in his prime, but but almost there. We know he's there to score goals. So you're giving him all that money now. But when he turns, what, 27, 28, who could be in the prime shape of his career, and you're you're not even paying him over $9 million, not even over $7 million, this is what happens when you have an agent as your general manager, someone who built an a, an a, a, an agency, who built an empire doing this. Like, do you, I, I, I don't think we could understand or comprehend. Like, not that Kent Hughes fleeced Cole Caulfield. That's that that that's not what I'm trying to say. But like, if within those first four or five years, Caulfield has the potential of scoring 40 goals, maybe even 50, and you're paying a guy under nine or eight million dollars, huh, that's amazing. Yeah, but it, it sounds beautiful. And, uh, and I'm going to keep this short. Uh, so, Chris, you jump right after me. I know you have a lot to say. I'm going to keep this very short. The only thing that worries me, and this all comes down to character. So, you, you, you nailed it, Sam, about. Agent wise, salary wise, Ken Hughes killed it with this. Like, it's an a it's a beautiful contract. It doesn't affect us long term, especially when it hits his prime, and he, you know, plays the way he's supposed to at that age. Um, and getting that salary, it it's you know perfect. What worries me? So this comes down to you know the house fan having that worry. You know, Joey mentioned in our group chat today that he's scared about his injury. He's his shoulder. Uh, yeah. You know, it's something to think about, but that's not what I'm worried about. This comes down to my. This is comes down to what I've always what I've always said in the last in, in, in these episodes about why I like football better than hockey. OK, it, when it comes to the salary cap in football, you get paid on performance. Mm-hmm. Here's your guaranteed salary, but you want more. 
I want to see performance. I want to see the, the the touchdowns. I want to see the sacks. I want to see this, or else you're not getting that money. Okay. Coming into – sorry? I said, which sacks do you want to see, Anthony? <laughs> so when it comes to the NHL <sighs> – <laughs> Sorry, wow. go ahead. I'm not go fucking ahead. editing that too bad. No, not editing, but now you put no, me in no, a fucking no. position. No, no, I'm no, like, no. about an act, lack of maturity. Why not? Though? Anyways, go, right. go, go, right. go. He's not getting a performance bonus. He's not getting paid for, for performance. Here's your salary. This guy can literally sit on his fucking ass for the next eight years. You really think he's going to do that? I'm not saying he would. That's, that's where, where I said at the beginning, it comes down to character. And I'm really hoping that we have a player that is true to his character and continues playing and gets better as he ages and to his prime. Because what worries me is getting that salary and doing nothing. Did and you hear it, his press and, conference though? No, I, I, I missed it. <laughs> okay. But well, words are it? words, Sam. Words are words. He could yeah, have said, oh, words, I'm but... No, words are words. I want, I'm really hoping, again, that's my only worry about this contract i love the contract but what worries me is and we've seen this all across the nhl many times there's a handful of players who get paid so much money and still perform you know the crosby's the ovechkins the mcdavid's you know those uh, the mckinnons these guys they they love the sport they have a lot of passion for this sport then you have you know the scott gomez who got the money and just sat down you got the malakov Back in the day, Malikov, Jesus Christ. Well, do you remember the details of his contract? Because I don't. (laughs) I remember that he got fucking paid and then went to fake an injury and went to go ski. Remember that? That's what pisses me off about the whole structure in the NHL. Okay. We need, not us, but I think where the passion of hockey will come back for a lot of players is if they change that structure in the salary situation. And this is all comes down to Batman, right? Stop paying players all this money and make it guarantee. Because the, like I said, look, I'm not saying Carey Price did, per, did this purposely. I'm not. But imagine, the guy got $10 million, got injured two years later, and that guy's sitting at home for the next 10 years making that sal- I'm not saying it's his fault. Yeah. That's the CBA. That's the CBA. But, th- but try to understand where I'm trying to come from. You know, you get mm-hmm. these guarantees and, yeah, I hurt my toe. I'm done. That's what worries me. That's the only thing that worries me. This is not basketball. <laughs> you know, so. Well, you, you, that aside, real, real, real quick, find me a player that signed the contract and said, I'd actually do this for free if I could. He's like, I can't believe I have this contract. I love the game so much. I'd, do, I'd be doing it for free. I'm not saying to do it for free. No, but Caulfield said that. I know words are words, but no, and I don't, I'm happy, I, I don't I mean, think the kid's saying those words just to be like, yo, look at me. Look how good I am. Oh, no, and I'm not saying that. And that's okay. what I said. It comes down to character. And I, I strongly believe that we have a group of, of players in that dress room that want to wear, wear that, that logo with, with you know, with passion. And, that, and they do. And he, and he said that. He said something to, yeah. to, to, that, to, that, uh, to that point. But he said... To, to me, and I don't mean to, sorry to cut you off, but like oh. it, it, it's always a legitimate concern. But you have to understand too that it's the, the, 
I think the kids in our system are in it for the right reasons. Caulfield mentions like I love this group of guys that we have. We want to win together, and you 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 see it and feel it. You yeah. see it through them in the in like in looks. They're that generation that uses social media for almost everything. They're almost always together. Gooley, Jack guys, Slavkovsky, uh, Caulfield, Suzuki. At least those those five kids. Even before they even started their NHL career, Gooley, Jack guy, Slavkovsky, Philip Massar. They're hanging out together. You feel there's you feel that that unity amongst these kids that they want to not just play on the, the same team. They want to win it together. To me, though, the important thing was he goes, "This is Nick Suzuki's team." Absolutely, there was no way that I'm getting paid more than him. In along those lines, uh, Chris, I, oh, I, Chris, I give you the I give you the floor. Oh, you set the floor. Uh, you set the stage. Uh, for so many things that I want to say. Um, I, I do want to say this much. I don't really give a shit how much he's making in the first years versus the last years and whether or not it makes sense. Uh, I, I really don't even care about the details, his movement clauses and how that changes over the years. Mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, what I do want to concentrate on in, in, in my opinion is that cap hit. That $7.85 million cap hit that is going to impact the Montreal Canadiens over the next eight seasons. The cap should be going up. You know, they took a hit for COVID. I don't think there was a big movement in terms of the salary cap. But I genuinely, genuinely think that, especially with the ads coming onto the jerseys, all the different things, when they catch up, I'm telling you that salary cap is going to go up. There's going to be more room on every team but more importantly than that a guy who's a guy who can score anywhere between 35 to 45 maybe even up to 50 goals if he stays healthy goes for way more than that way 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 more than that and you know i i'm tired like i really i really don't want to talk about that team but you mentioned that team who's just a little bit west of us who wears ugly blue shirts with with a stupid (laughs) um leaf on in the middle they cannot win. They cannot win because all of those players were selfish, were not ready to make the sacrifices in terms of their salary to achieve the ultimate goal in winning. John Tavares making the, the, the salary yeah. that he's making is ridiculous. ridiculous. Austin yeah. Matthews, ridiculous. Well, he, he deserves it, but you know... To Sam, now I'm bringing it back to why, Sammy, I find you set the stage perfectly for these points. I genuinely believe they're not, they're not talking into the camera and saying, yeah, I really want to be here in Montreal and I really want to stay in Montreal. It's, no, no, no. I am going to sacrifice. I am going to do what it takes to put this team ahead and to put this mm-hmm. team and Kent Hughes and Marty St. Louis and the whole group of us in a position where we can bring in the most amount of talented players, the most assets, and put ourselves in the best position to bring the Stanley Cup back here to Montreal. And it's, again, it's not just talking the talk. I I see something like this. We see this contract being signed, and it's walking the walk. And then you set the example. The the second point that you said, Sammy, is this is Nick Suzuki's team. If Nick Suzuki's salary is going to be kind of the determining factor 
you know, we're, we'll get there later on in the show <laughs> as to who might have... come in. But if you're talking about other players coming in and you're saying, nah, nah, hmm. nah, you accept, you accept to be under Nick Suzuki or very close to Nick Suzuki, or you keep walking. Are you a team guy? Are you willing to come to Montreal? Do you actually want to bring in the cup here? Or do you want to get the fuck out and go elsewhere? So that's that's the beauty of this contract. And there's so much to take away. There's so many um, Sam, messages. There's so uh, many things. He's, he nailed it. Just end this episode. No, no, there's more. He Hold on. It. He nailed it. To you the, know what I think? It. You know what I think, though? Well said. I think Kent Hughes remembered what Patrice Bergeron did for the Boston Bruins. When Kent Hughes was Patrice Bergeron's agent, and this was after I forget which season, but it was like the season where Bergeron was like not just the best def- uh, the best centerman in the league, and he like not just defensively, he he put up points too. In his new contract negotiation, he could have easily easily taken a a, a ten million dollar contract. He decided to take a. I'm trying to remember to the best of my memory here. I don't have I, I don't have uh, cap friendly in okay. front of me. But he got like maybe be, he got paid between six or eight million dollars, and apparently Cantu was like, "Yo, you could get more than that." Like, w- w- in a sense, like why? And he goes, "No, I I wanna I want this team to still have money to put together a winning team." In 2016, 8.75 million. Yeah, he could have easily gotten like like 10, 11, but he only took that amount. And he said, "He goes, the reason why is I I I want this team to have enough money to put together a winning team." And I think, and, and I truly believe, without any facts here, I truly believe that had a huge influential impact on Cantu's. And I have a feeling Cantu's probably, I'm sure he had that in the back of his mind. Like, look, I'll offer this to, I'll offer this to Cole. But look, our best player is Nick Suzuki. You know, Nick Suzuki plays over 20 minutes a night. He's a, he's he's our first line center. He's the captain. Plays on the power play. Plays regular regular five on five. Plays on the penalty kill. Cole Caulfield. He's yeah. He plays 82 games a year so far. You know, but goals are goals. Like you have to pay the goal scores. That's why that's why we paid tickets to go watch the games to go watch goals. And Cole Caulfield might be the closest thing we have to a 40-goal scorer in a long time. Last time was Kovalev at, like, I think 36. No, sorry. At the, well, Kovalev had 80 points. Pacioretty was the last one to almost get 40 at one point. Yeah, like, you're, 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 we're, we're going way back. We're like, listen, Cole Caulfield scored 26 goals in 46 games before he got injured, before he got that shoulder injury. He's on pace for 46 goals. He was on pace for 46 goals. Yep. I we I wasn't around. I don't remember Stefan Drichet in 89 when he did. I was only one years old. Like, like we're paying him to score goals, but we're paying him under uh uh the, the, the cap hit of under eight million dollars. No, it's and, for for eight years, for eight, eight yeah, years after it's gonna climb. I'm gonna say this, and the Curfew Boys put out a tweet, and it got a very good positive reaction. I to to, to my surprising, we have to give we have to give a special thank you to Mark Bergevay. I'm not even apologizing for it. I am thanking Mark Bergevay for trading Pacioretty for Nick Suzuki. I am thanking Mark Bergevay. For signing Nick Suzuki at that seven point 
the, the, the $7.9 million, whatever. I'm, I'm thanking Mark Bergeray for giving Nick Suzuki that contract. I'm thanking Mark Bergeray for paving the way for Kent Hughes to give Cole Caulfield this contract. And I'm not apologizing. I don't care if Mark Bergeray, he I don't care if he made 20 bad moves in a row. Like, it, it takes just one good move to create a good ripple effect. And honestly, this is it. To me, this is just my opinion. Yeah, and, and I'm not apologizing for it. And it's it's valid. And it's, it's I mean, look, if we want to build a future here and create this quote-unquote dynasty that we've been saying, <laughs> this is it. And this is, no, but like, this is the, 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 this is how you do it. You know, you don't overplay yeah. players. Yeah. Let me bring this this back, you know, and Joey might kill me right now, but uh, who cares? Patriots had a dynasty for 20 <laughs> years. <laughs> okay. And Kraft and Belichick built this team. Players took sacrifices of, you know, cutting their salary. Tom Brady, who deserved fucking the world money okay yes joey he deserved <laughs> fucking billions of dollars a hot, a hot model wife isn't enough joey okay, okay. He, he deserves more than that <laughs> and tom brady took a cut year after year after year just to make room for other weapons of the team to win year over year over year and i think this is what kent Hughes and gorton are doing right now mm-hmm. and you said it right uh, Chris, you, you really nailed it. And I know I said it before that the only thing that worries me about this big salary is hopefully he doesn't decline after a couple of years because he's guaranteed that money. But you know what? Scratch that. I mean, it's still a worry, but it all comes down to character. And I th- and, and, and when, you, when he said um, this is Suzuki's team, that is setting the tone. Like you said, Chris, and I never, I didn't think of it. When you said it, I'm like, wow, this is, this is crazy. Like this is setting the tone of Nick Suzuki's team. He will be the highest salarized player of this team. If you want to make, come to this team and win this cup and build this team, it's take it close under or get the fuck out. So players like, and I'm probably opening the door to the next topic here. Players like Dubois. Uh we'll get to if, him later we'll get to him later just i'm, not, say, done. I'm still know, not talking about caulfield the yeah, players yeah. like dubois or anybody else that wants to come to this team and wants more than that 7.875 million dollars won't get the fuck out because you know what we're gonna build this team with all these young players and if kent does this right guys look who's left under there's no more veterans okay well besides oh, Edmondson and and savard you go but there but you go. I was, I was all young players, so the salaries coming up in the next couple of years but you, are all going to be base salaries. But you wait and see. Exactly. You wait and see when the Hoffman contracts are gone, when the Dvorak contracts, the, the Armia, contract is gone. That's going to be tough to sell. But, but just you know, to say. I, I, but at least, look, you, you know eventually Hoffman's going to go. You know eventually Dvorak's going to go. You know eventually Armia's going to go. Joel Edmondson, well, there's still rumors that they're probably shopping him before the draft or he gets traded at the draft or, again, at the deadline. But, this David Savard eventually his contract's gonna go. All that money left it's it's for who? It's to sign. It's to give Caden. What if you give Caden Gooley eight years at six million? But this guy, there, this there kid, you go. This kid, okay, this kid becomes a number one centerman, a two way. Imagine building a dynasty. Like, 
with but your highest paid player seven points eight seven five like but I but but, but no but I get the feeling, uh, Chris. You're probably gonna add to this. I get the feeling that like. If these kids literally, and the kids, I mean the young ones, I mean like yeah. it starts with Suzuki, but if Caulfield, Gooley, Jackai, even Slavkoski are all talking to us like, yo, boys, like get what you're, if we're going to get paid, no matter, we're going to be millionaires. But if they're like, yo, if we get like what we're worth between like the four and the six million dollars, at least for those three that I'm talking about, I'm talking about, I'm talking about Gooley, I'm talking about I don't Jacki, maybe four million. Slavkoski, if he could become a 20 goal scorer, what is he what could he get? Maybe between five, six. But if those guys are getting that type of money and there's still room in the cap to pay, geez, I don't know. What if eventually you you pay um Elaine Hudson, but what if he makes uh, him too? What if he only makes the same amount as Gooley when he could be worth almost a Kale McCarves? I'm not gonna go that far, but I, I I get this feeling that the kids are talking like, "Yo, we get paid, but let's make sure there's enough money for for management to build a team that we could fucking win, and maybe win sooner rather than later." You know what I mean? Like, do, do you not do you so, not get that vibe? Like, it's it's a possibility, but but. I think we're on the right track here in terms of like, like, not not being overpaid, basically. Chris, so your point, I and I'm gonna s- finish. I'm gonna add to that, Sam. Later, go. I want to say two things, and like, I want to spit. I want to wipe this off my tongue because again, I have to compliment what? Boston now. Wait, hold on, hold on. What the hell Boston. is going on tonight? I have no Chris, idea. I don't know what you're spitting sacks, out and about spitting and tongue. What the? Well, fuck? we no, all my, it, it's how just are your knees? How are your knees feeling? Your knees are good? Uh, (laughs) No, it's... I don't want to compliment the fucking Bruins, but it really does seem... And we've alluded to this many times in the season towards the end, the culture that is being established. So I just want to say that if Suzuki and Caulfield can be leading the ways with their respective contracts, and then what you guys just said, I'm so happy that you guys brought it to that because I want to talk about the young guys. If they're all willing, and again, I'm not, we're not asking them to take five, six million off their contract, but let's, I think Cole Caulfield, I mean, you look back in the day, PK Subban was getting nine million, and this is several years later. If you can shave off two million, 1.5 million, two million, mm-hmm. 1.5 million on that off of every deal, well, five star players who are taking, let's say, two million off their contract either. That's $10 million. That's another superstar or that's another star player and great support player that you could bring in in one given year. But the most important, and I like to stick on the culture front, you know, and and this is going to be very telling too. We're going to get into it, but the Pierre-Luc Dubois, like the types of players like that, it creates a certain filter. Because, again, if you want to stay, oh, I want to go back home, I want to play, do you want to come back home and play? Or do you want to get paid? And you cannot circumvent, you can't dodge it. If they're going to create this type of culture where money is secondary, do you want to Do you want to get paid? Do you want to retire? Do you want to retire with an extra $10 million in the bank? Or do you want to be a fucking legend when you set foot in the city of Montreal what do you want 10 million more or a fucking certified hockey legend 
tears coming out of fucking every home when that 25th Stanley Cup comes here. Like, to me, if they can establish that culture, you're not only not only putting yourself in a in in an environment to win, you're also clearing out any selfish, money-hungry players who are just coming to get a paycheck. And that, my friends, is what's so exciting that's that that, that well, I'd say is coming out as a result of this contract signing. And so I'm, again, we'll, we'll lead into the PLD uh, discussions later just because of the news that broke out tonight. But I'm so excited to see what could happen because if a player like him truly wants to come and help the he Canadians died. win and he wants to fucking break his back doing so, well, guess what? You have an opportunity to prove it by signing for $8 million or and less think- for a long term. And I think you said it, uh, I think it already started. So you said build that culture. I think this Cole Caulfield signing is what established what the culture is for this, this, this team going forward. You said it before, Chris, this is Nick Suzuki's team right now. Put every, like put the Gallagher and the, the price of everybody aside. That is where they set the tone for salary. You want to come here? Mm-hmm. It's that or less. And I think that's the culture that they built. And we're going to build from under. They're going to build with this young team. Get rid of all the veterans slowly, 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 slowly. These contracts are going to die out. Like you said, well, you wait. Well, well, because exactly at that point, once those contracts are gone, gone, Caulfield is going to kind of be a veteran, a young one, but still a veteran. Suzuki will, Caden Gooley will, you know, but that, that, so, but that's what I'm trying to say is that. Mm We're going to build this team with the young core that we have. And I'm going to thank Benjamin again. <laughs> no, because how many times do we have this conversation a few years back when Benjamin was here? When he used to get mad at trade deadline of why isn't he trading? Why isn't he doing this? Why isn't he making big moves uh, for the, the playoff fight or whatever? And Benjamin always said it at every press conference. He is not touching his young core. He is not touching his prospects. He's not touching mm-hmm. his draft picks. And because of that, Joey, okay, and everybody else out there who hates Benjamin, don't get me ah, wrong. Facts are facts. They don't care about your feelings. I'm sorry. Don't, don't get me wrong. Benjamin fucked up in a lot of ways for salary. Okay, He was a bad contract signing guy. And it's a given. Mm-hmm. Except for Suzuki, the only Except, good one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Put all that aside... Those little minor moves that he made in trades and the untouchables. Every year he said it. I am not touching this. I am not Mm -hmm. touching that. And everything he did not touch is now coming to life now. Yeah. Now we're all fucking seeing it. And And he drafted. And he drafted Caulfield too, by the way. I forgot to mention. He drafted drafted Caulfield. Caulfield. Drafted Gooley. Found found Arbor Jack guy. Signed him. Drafted Harris. We're gonna keep for now. I still love the. I still love him. Absolutely, Anthony. As and, and I think Kent is gonna come in and and kind of like you know redefine redefine exactly yeah, that's the word yeah. I'm looking for redefine the team. But <laughs> this team that we're seeing in front of us is Bishop, right? and we got mad every trade yeah. deadline every July first. Why aren't you doing this? Why does he do that? And he always said at the end of every promise card, "Why do I have to get rid of my prospects? Why do I have to get rid of my draft picks?" Why do I have to get rid of my rookies? They're all coming to life now. 
And now we have Kent, who's going to, you know, redefine everything, clean everything up. And back to the this contract, the signing of Cole is just an announcement to the whole league. Ah, you fucking stole what I wanted to say. Yeah, keep going. Is Well, I'm going to yeah. say what you said yeah. before and what Chris said before. It's a sign saying, hey, guys, this is Nick and Cole's team. Do you want to be a part of it? You want to be a part of it? Come on. But Come I think along. it could. But I think it. I think in its sense, it could attract that. And I know uh, you guys are saying it, they're they're building that they're building that culture of like maybe sacrifice a million or two for a potential winning season. Uh, yeah, I get that. But you also gotta you also gotta know like who really loves the Bruins culture. Like which two guys within? Uh, I'm gonna give or it away. Uh, add Marty in there. You got to add Marty in there. Marty said, he said, I love the culture that the Boston Bruins are building and what they've built. They're, they're literally, they're literally I, I, and and I I know has fans are going to be like, ah, we're not the next Boston Bruins, but no. what if we are the next Boston Bruins? And the Boston and, Bruins made the playoffs, God knows how many times, without having to draft too high because they were strong every year. And this and that culture, and that's the culture that made, I'll speak for myself, and I'm sure you guys can all agree to this, We've always hated the Bruins and the Leafs, okay? Because there were the rivalries of the Montreal Canadiens for years. Mm -hmm. Forever. 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 But I found a way to still hate the Leafs, and I'll never, ever in a million years have any love for these guys, ever. You'll never catch me say once that I want these guys to win or see them happy. But I found a way to respect the Bruins. Yeah, we all did. You know, and that's coming from the culture those guys built. They it's a winning culture. A winning culture and a respected culture. And this is what's coming here. And I really hope it continues. I'm sorry to say his name again, PLD. I know we're going to talk about him again. But if he signs with the Montreal Canadiens more than over the Suzuki salary, that just kills mm. everything we just said right now. Well, look, well, well, I, 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 hold. We gotta hold up on this fucking Pierre Luc Dubois talk. Like, we still gotta talk a bit about Cole, man. Like, come on, this is about him. Fuck Dubois, seriously. Like, we say it. Cole is Nick Suzuki's right hand man right now on this yeah. team. Right now, he's his right hand man. Cole is, and Marty on the Spinning Chicklets podcast said like Cole energy is so contagious in a positive way and I think the next guy the guy after Cole to be part of that leadership is is Caden Gooley like Cole yeah. has that positive energy he's always smiling he's always laughing he always makes everybody feel good but Arbor. I think Arbor is going to make a case for himself just Cole, alongside Gooley ah, you know what Caden Gooley I think in the future is going to hold guys accountable like Shea Weber like Caden Gooley is gonna be that not captain serious because he's not gonna be the captain unless something happens to Suzuki. But Caden Gooley has that serious factor. Okay, but those three, I'm putting those three as the core leaders of this team in the near future. Like it starts now. I'm telling you, Caden Gooley, the way he played in his rookie season, nobody thought he was a rookie just the way he's playing. If he keeps getting better and better and he stays healthy. Like, holy shit. And I think, I truly believe Caulfield's contract is going to influence someone like Caden Gould to be like, look, you're going to get paid. You probably 
you, 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 it might look like you're getting underpaid, but you're not. But I have a feeling too, Caden Gooley is going to get an eight year deal. I think Kent Hughes, if he sees that it's working with my top two guys that are the leaders of this team, it's going to influence the rest on a, in a positive way. I truly, yeah. truly believe that. Like, guys, I, I, I just couldn't stand hearing people like, oh, he hasn't done much yet. He, he hasn't even played. Uh, he's only played 123 games. Like, he didn't even play a full season. How do they give that much? The kid scores goals. He scores goals. Like, I don't care if he's small. I don't give a shit. He scores goals. Like, what would like, and, 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 okay, yeah, but he got injured too. You want to be concerned about the injury? Joey, we're always talking about Joey. Fuck. Fine. <laughs> that, that's that procedure he went through has a practically 100% success rate. You know, it, ha- it, it worked for, it worked for uh, Josh Anderson, who's a lot more physical, but has a lot more of a physical game than Caulfield does. Like, yeah, okay, you're worried. Fine, legit, but, but why? Well, like, that- there's nothing but positivity here. Like anybody can get injured. Like I know exactly anybody. Anything can happen. You know. Exactly. Look, Evans was an awesome player. That hit just destroyed him. Right. So big time. (laughs) So anything can happen. Right. So I I I think you know with Price leaving, sad to say that out loud, but we need to we need a new face for this team right and you said it before sam oh yeah oh my god cole is a, yeah cole yeah. Is, is the right hand man of suzuki well, so i think right now it's the suzuki kosho right now it, they're well, the, how, the face of the team mm-hmm. how long after gallagher is gone is cole going to have that a patched onto his jersey well, i say I, all I, of 5 minutes dude, 5 dude, minutes I, after gallagher dude, gets traded are you kidding me it's, it's 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 uh, there's cole and i and i'm I'm willing to bet once again. I'm willing to bet both my nuts this time that the other assistant cap is going to Caden Gooley. You want to know what's funny? It kind of, you saying that before, it kind of reminded me of, and fans, what are you, what are you talking about? Please here? Take, this, take this with a grain of salt, please, God. It just, it's funny because the, given their positions and how they play, it reminds me a lot of Taze, Kane, and uh, Keith. Dude, uh, dude. Because you have you have thousand, your centerman, you have a you have a super like more dude, let's say talented percent. winger, none of and them, then you have your top defenseman. None of them got paid over ten million dollars, and they won cups. Vegas, yeah. nobody is getting paid over over ten million dollars, and they might win the cup. We'll get to them later. Just saying, I'm just saying. I'm not saying that. Cole and Nick Suzuki are Taze and Kane. I'm not saying that Cole and Suzuki are Malkin Crosby. I'm not saying they're Ovechkin Backstra, but I'm just saying when you have money left on the table for the team to use for key pieces, that's what helps you win a Stanley Cup. It's one of the things. And they seem to understand that. They seem to be ready and willing. And like like you said, the teetering point might in fact be Caden Gooley because all of the guys thereafter if will he gets fall the same into contract, place. Oh my God. If he gets the exact same contract, then you know, it's like guys, but, listen, but that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. But that's the thing. I don't even see to be perfectly honest with you. I see Caden Gooley maybe at the 6.757 million. But if you give him that will- for eight, if you give him that for eight millions, the best thing that could have happened this contract, Chris, 
is any of these guys getting a bridge deal. That's the best thing that could have happened to this franchise. There's no bridge deal, which is the the initial worry that why is it taking the taking long to negotiate, which didn't. It was the timing was beyond perfect. Normal. Every yeah. everybody everybody thought that everybody knew the Canadians were offering eight years. Everybody thought that Cole wanted maybe I think three to five bridge deal, a uh, three to five year bridge deal. And can you imagine if like, okay, they paid him, let's say six million, but he scores 40, 50 goals within those, within, within that, 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 that bridge deal. Holy fuck. We'd have no choice, but to pay him almost 9 million, nine to $10 million. Jeff, after Jeff just, Skinner's just getting him. nine. Jeff Skinner Dude. is getting 9 million. Yeah. But that's, fuck. that's, that's, uh, you know, there was a mis- Buffalo. That was a Bergevinism. Uh, but, but <laughs> yeah, kind of, <laughs> but, but again, my God, the, the other thing that, a, yeah, well, the yeah, other go, thing go. that I just want to add is I know we keep saying it's Suzuki and Caulfield's team, like, and I think we should all reiterate, we'll all just answer with a quick yes. If there's, obviously, we're not going to get a McKinnon, but if we were to get like a true superstar player. In this draft? Joy, Joy would say Mishkov. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm saying more like an established player. If they were to come onto our team, like, I don't see it being impossible that a player earns 8.5. Like I know we want Suzuki to be that top paid player, but again, I just, I think I want to reiterate if we are in the position to bring on a, a true superstar player that we consider to be better than Caulfield, better than Suzuki. Uh, at the same time, I'm just trying to say, I don't think the mm-hmm. team is scared of scared to pay them a little bit more, yeah. but it's not going to change but, the dynamic. But of I Cole think, and, 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 but we might have Suzuki the cap space. Leaders. But what if we have the cap space to do it? But that's the thing. So I think to to add to that statement, Chris, and I know we kept saying before, you know, Suzuki established the fucking high standards of the the, the contracts and the salary cap of Montreal Canadiens. But you're right. Uh, Well, Sam, you just said it. We're going to have space for it. But not only that, I don't... I'm not saying that's out of the question, but I don't see that happening now. Okay, mm-hmm. we're in that building. Not right stage. away. Yeah, exactly. we're in that building yes. stage. That's Good why point. I think doing Good this point. now, having someone over Suzuki, is the wrong move. Let's establish this culture, this dynamic, this core of building the dynasty, and then when we need that missing piece to win, at that point, if the player who is available, who's a superstar and deserves that eight point five or nine, he's rubbing. Yeah, his no, I got, Jimmy I got. Crosby. Crosby. No, hold on. No, <laughs> so maybe no, the nine no. years no. prediction is real why, now, Sam. Why? Hold on a second. Time out. Caulfield, Caulfield gets his highest paid. Get, uh, let me rephrase that. I sound like a fucking. Don't forget don't the cap hit, though, Sam. Hold on. No, no, no. Listen. Caulfield gets paid the most within the first three years of his contract. If we draft a certain player whose contract in Russia ends in three years, conspiracy, Anthony. Come on, man, help me out here, buddy. I have if, another conspiracy. If we draft, if we draft, if we draft a certain Russian prospect who is supposed to be almost as good or just as good as Connor Bedard, but can't come to the NHL in three years, but yet Caulfield gets. The paid gets paid the most of his contract. It adds in, it drops in three years. 
Just again, then my fortified my fortified your timeline works because sure. So th dude, I don't forget I said like seven years. It's a seven year plan. I said that like two years ago. Like now we're down to five ish. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, just think about it. Think about it for one no, second. And it's a, it's, think, it's a, it's a very a, good, valid thought. Think about it for a second. I wish Joy was here, but I'm going to text him this tomorrow. Be like, oh, well, text Joy, be like, yo, we have a conspiracy. I'm just, I'm just, it's just something to think about. When I talk it. about conspiracy, well, conspiracy. I mean, yeah, here we go. Here we go. Pierre Luc Dubois not re signing with the Jets. He's okay. Coming to Is it, okay. There's my question. <laughs> Here Isn't we go, folks. Big... We're going to answer it right now. Time we said that. last episode, I hope we don't talk about this guy for a really long time. And oh, boom, we're I talking know. about him again. Look, what are, what are we today? What are we? We're, we're, we're Wednesday, June 7th. And seriously, we're recording. It's it's 11.08 p.m. at around about neck, at around 7.30 p.m. The news dropped. Pierre-Luc Dubois is not resigning with the Jets. Not even for a one-year contract for whatever left of his restrict of his restricted free agent. Okay, status. Is it coincidence that he announces this a day after the cold call field signing? And Pat Brisson is the same agent for both of them? Yeah. I don't know, man, but there's something it's fucking something, suspicious. Something's very suspicious. So, we get the signings of Cold yesterday, Monday. Uh yeah, I'm losing my dates. Yeah. Monday. Okay? We are now Wednesday night. And Pierre-Luc Dubois comes out and says, hey, guys, I want, I'm requesting a trade now. I'm done. Very suspicious. Same agent. Something's fishy happening. We'll see in the next couple of days. But well, what do you think, Chris? I, I, okay. And I brought it up earlier when I was saying everything that I was saying about the Caulfield contract. And I'm going to add this. I don't need to reiterate a fucking million things. But <laughs> if Pierre-Luc Dubois is just another player that comes in at a salary, let's say, right around the $8 million mark for maybe not eight years, but if he comes in for maybe five years at $8 million, okay. he just cemented that mentality that, um, you know, everything that we've, let's say everything that we've just discussed, the, the principle of team first, money second, I want to play in Montreal. I want to win here. I think what you're saying also plays into it, but I'm not ready. Like I have, my hopes are very high. I, I'm one of the people here in Montreal that truly believes that yes, this guy has been a locker room cancer elsewhere. Yes. This guy has, has had all sorts of things, but I genuinely think this is not, I'm sorry to say a Jonathan DeHoyne situation where he says, oh, I want to come back and it's my dream to be a Montreal Canadian. I genuinely think Pierre-Luc Dubois has what it takes to be a Montreal Canadian, to perform here, to be a significant player. And he's got that opportunity. But I guess, again, I'd like to see him. I think he would be a fit. I even believe deep down, maybe it's I'm being an optimistic fan. I, I believe deep down he'd be willing to take that monetary sacrifice but so the Winnipeg Jets accept the trade. I'm not so sure that they're going to make it that easy on him, considering he made it that hard on their organization. So to answer that, and you're right, very good point. This whole PLD thing, yes, 
a year ago or years ago, fuck, it's what three years we're doing this podcast. Episode one was a PLD talk. Oh and my God. <laughs> since then, I've always said, yes, I want PLD in my team. Last year, I said it. I want him in my team. But there's something now telling me I don't. The only thing that will prove me that he deserves to be here is exactly what you just said, Chris. If he is willing to take a sacrifice, because if he comes here demanding more than what he want, like whatever he we want to give him. So, so just just to add to that, Anthony, he made six million dollars. That that that's what he made with Winnipeg. With Winnipeg, if yeah. he demands more, okay, he's like because he knows what he's capable of doing. He knows who he is. That hothead style type player. If he comes and says, "I want this," get the fuck out. Okay, you're coming here for a team culture to build. We're not ready to win tomorrow. We're not. You're here to build the core and win in a couple of years. Are you ready to take that sacrifice? And that's where it will prove to me that he's not a Jonathan Drouin. If he comes here and you give him that eight, nine, ten million dollars, then you know what? Fuck you. Get when, the fuck out. Just, I just want to specify. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm jumping in. When I say Jonathan Drouin, I'm saying. Unfortunately, somebody who doesn't have. I'm sorry, Joe. It's like I always imagine sometimes this getting back to the players. I hate shitting on players, but I just don't think Joe had the mental fortitude to no, play he, in this market. And, and unfortunately, and unfortunately, it's nothing personal. But we're in the business of winning, and if you can't contribute, I'm sorry that maybe you're not a fit here. It's nothing personal yeah. against Dwayne. It really isn't. Yeah, and I'm I not really saying like that he was a greedy. I, like, yeah, he's not a greedy... Drew Ryan, to me, is not a greedy player. He was not, like, some ridiculously overpaid, money-hungry guy. I Like I said, I just think he was mentally but held back and a fearful player, maybe. But, but what, what could we offer the Jets? Like, Christian everybody... Every, Dvorak. Every... Christian Dvorak has got to be one of the basic they... pieces. But why, why, why would the Jets take it? Why? Okay, Mark, Sh like, Shifley is out. He's out. PLD, who's been acting as a centerman, he's going to be out as but well. They're going to be missing a centerman. Now, what he just did, and this is why I'm saying this is – I don't see the Jets giving PLD what he wants so easily because no. him, openly, him openly stating, I'm not even signing for one year, you know what kind of bargaining power Winnipeg – just lost. They lost that, everything. You just said everything. It. You, you just stole the words out of my mouth. That just him coming out saying that is an advantage for every team in the NHL right now. Yeah, exactly. And if and if the Canadians, if they say no to the Canadians, they're gonna say yes to somebody else. You gotta think like, that too. Like if the Canadians are offering, oh, okay, well, I'll give you, I'll give you the, I'll give you Florida's pick. Whatever happens to them, either pick 30, 31 or pick thirty-two. And if the Jets say no, well. There's going to be some other team somewhere that w could give a better offer. But most importantly, I think we're all forgetting this, is that the team, that, the team that's going to trade for him better make sure they're able to sign him. That's another thing too, huh? Yeah. yeah. So right now, you got to think, even, with, with, even if you put Carey Price on the LTIR, with Carey Price on the LTIR, everything they have right now, without signing um, Raphael Harvey Pinard, without signing, you know, let's let's even go with uh, Yessi Ilonen, even though I think he's going to start the season in Laval. If he does get, uh, if he does get signed, 
the Canadians with their cap space with prices contract on LTIR is only just shy above eleven million dollars. So it's we, like you could you could use it to kind of sign Dubois, but you know what I mean. I I I I don't know if they have much wiggle room though. Though like don't so forget was, that there's that and and right now they have enough room to sign contracts, but you got to remember in your twenty three in your twenty three roster lineup they already have twenty guys that are there. Are you willing to get rid of Anderson? Big contract. Is it See, clear that Winnipeg would no, probably need no? Because I, if Pierre Luc Dubois does come here, I want to see him play with a guy like Josh yeah, Anderson. They love. I might. I might even. I might even want to put Yuri Slavkovsky on that line like that. Because oh if you do, let's let's talk in theory here. Pierre Luc Dubois is a Montreal Canadian. You still keep Nick Suzuki as your number one center. You keep Pierre Luc Dubois as your number two with Nick Suzuki. You have Cole Caulfield. You put Kirby Doc back there. Your second line. Pierre Luc Dubois with Josh Anderson on the right, Yuri Slavkovsky on the left. No, I, and I only said oh, Anderson. Me, I'll be right back. <laughs> no, don't, get out! Don't show this on screen. Get out! I'm, I only brought up Anderson not because I want him out, but I'm just trying to think of what would Winnipeg want. They might ask for him for sure. They're gonna but ask that, for him. But that's you're not gonna get rid of Dubois for just a 31st pick. Like that's not gonna happen. We gotta sacrifice something. They're, so. they're probably gonna have to. You're probably gonna have to give a prospect. So they're gonna have to go down the list and see which one, which prospect in our depth chart can we afford to give away without having to sacrifice too much. But let's say you do trade. If you do trade Anderson for Dubois, you don't win in the end because you're probably you're gonna have to pay more than Josh Anderson. So it's gonna actually cost you a lot more. On the salary cap, I have a strong feeling that Mayu is gone if this trade happens. No, I'm not. Mm, I'm not I'm, the guy in question. the The guy in question, the young player that I have the in de- mind that I think team. is going to be it's it's Jordan Harris. Jordan yeah. Harris is the yeah. guy that's that's I think so I too. think at risk of going if they're getting a significant piece from any team, but. This is why I keep reiterating, Sammy and I, I don't know if it was Sammy and I or we had the conversation in another one of our podcasts. Kent Hughes, after the draft, his priorities, and, and we keep saying, well, it's not that urgent. It's not that urgent. They're not competing this year. They're not doing – Brendan Gallagher, Yoel Armia, Mike Hoffman, and Christian Dvorak. Those we, – we did the calcul- – it was Sammy and I. We did the calculations. It's 18 – Point I believe uh, 18.95 million dollars on the cap for those four contracts. Kent Hughes has to do whatever he has to do. I mean, Mike Hoffman, he's got one more year, so yeah, okay, so that, 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 that four's gone after. But that Brendan Gallagher contract, I'm willing to take a step back and saying and, and say if we need to use that Florida pick. To get rid of, I don't give a shit if it's a first round so, draft. So kind of like a Sean Monahan. Yes, we're getting into the we're getting into a fucking time that we're actually going to have to. We're absolutely going to have to pay to get rid of Brendan Gallagher's contract. Or it's not this. It's not next year. If PLD, if if let's say behind the scenes, there's there's obviously there there's there's talks. They can't say that they're legally talking. But if if Kent Hughes is aware. That that PLD wants to come here, and they're in a position to make a move for him. It's not it's not next year that you're buying out Gallagher or you're trading his contract. It's now. These contracts have to go now. Kent Hughes has to start moving fucking now, or by the draft, 
so that this shit could happen. Those four contracts are completely murdering us. And if we look at it from afar, I think we're all in agreement. Those four guys will not be here, will not have a significant impact. They don't fit the culture. They will not be of relevance when the Montreal Canadiens are going to be competing for the Stanley Cup. So clear them the fuck out so we can start making that shift today. Yeah. Not keep, tomorrow, you, not you next keep, year. You keep Edmondson and David Savard for one year. I mean, Joel no Edmondson has one more year. You keep, you keep David Savard one more year next season just as that mentor on defense. But, but yeah, I, 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 I agree. Like, but we all know those contracts eventually are going to go. My whole question is, is, is do we see Pierre-Luc Dubois, if he does, can't use want someone that's going to contribute long-term, not short-term. Is Pierre-Luc Dubois that guy? And he's still young. He's 24, turning 25. Can he contribute to that long term for another five? Can he contribute five, six years to this team? I think that's the that's the ultimate question, and I think that's the ultimate deciding. It. I think that's the deciding yeah. factor. I, I agree with that because he's. He, I think now is his prime, and are we ready to win now? And I don't think no, we are. we're not. I'm actually, we're, saying we're still, that, Joey, still, I'm admitting that we're not ready. We're still a year or two away from from now competing in playoffs, so. Anyways, if P- if PLD yeah. comes here, we get a guy like Will Smith, uh, or we get Carlson, Mishkov. We can't factor him in for another three years if that's the case. But if PLD comes here, and we clear out, we stay healthy. Well, are we competing for the playoffs? Yes or no? Yes. Well, hold- are we are we playing? No matter what happens, no matter what happens, PLD or not, you're you we're going into this season. This season competing for playoffs. Okay, I don't so see then, them going in this season like the way they did last year. And even at no, that, they're gonna, no, they're going to try to play uh, a notch above. I still say, then I don't. I'm not sure if they're going to make it. Who knows? Anything could happen. But I think they're going to do a bit like the Ottawa Senators. They're actually going to try to fight for a spot for one of the last spots or make wild card. I, I'm seeing that happening next year. I don't see them playing the way they did this year. And and imagine they played very well at certain points of the season with a yeah, bunch just, of injuries. Yeah, so a healthy Montreal Canadiens team on paper could be a playoff team. But let me ask you guys this though, and then we'll and then we'll finish off with one more segment. But do you think since Pat Brisson is both their agents, do you think Pat Brisson gave or somehow able to negotiate? Not. Not that Caulfield is underpaid, but the amount that Caulfield get, do you think he negotiated that to leave room for that a potential Pierre-Luc Dubois t- trade and signing? Is, the timing, I'm sorry, is just so perfect. If we sign PLD or trade for PLD in the next couple of days or before draft or whatever it is, you're right. They spoke before it happened because look mm-hmm. at the timing. Monday... The salary is a notch, $25,000 less than Suzuki. We have room for PLD. I'm sorry, but everything is just falling into place. We only have room for PLD knowing that price is on LTIR, which is most most likely to happen. But don't forget, you still have Rafael Harvey-Pinard to sign, who who I think deserves a contract and a spot, a permanent spot on the Canadiens' roster. So... It's interesting. Just when I thought the Pierre-Luc Dubois talk was finally dying off, you know, all, all focus is on Caulfield. And no, yeah. this this motherfucker has to pop back uh, in. Pop back in. 
boys, let's uh let's let's close it off with this. Uh look, man, Vegas is leading Florida 2-0. Something I didn't think would happen, but at the same time, too, I'm not surprised. So we'll, we'll just make it quick, we'll talk about this real quick. Are the Florida Panthers in trouble? They have to fucking get more disciplined. That's what's mm-hmm. killing them right now. Yep. They are spending so much time in that penalty box. Yep. That is killing them. Um, you know, I heard this on 690 this morning where Carolina and Vegas were the t- one of the two top blue line team, like had the, yeah. the, 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 to- the hottest top blue lines in, yeah, the, in playoffs. the playoffs. Yeah, okay? that's true. And yeah. Carolina was, uh, Florida happened to break Carolina's blue line. They're not able to do that with Vegas right now. They have to find a way to break it. The way it looks, Vegas can win in four, but that's because yeah. that's because of Florida. If, if Florida can come out more disciplined tomorrow, I think they can turn this around. I'm not telling. I'm not saying that Florida's out of the waters yet. Okay. Uh, sorry, I said that wrong. I said that <laughs> wrong. I don't think Vegas can blow this out of the waters yet. I think Vegas still has. Uh, Florida still has a chance. But I think tomorrow decides that factor, because you lose tomorrow. I I see this game finishing oh my in four God. or five. I I I yeah. If yeah, Florida has no choice but to win both home games, and they're pretty good at home. They have no choice because if Vegas takes just one of those games, I I, think I, tomorrow I still is a factor. I, tomorrow's it. Because I I still think I still think Florida's going to win one, whether it's to, whether it's Thursday night. Whether it's game three or game four, whichever happens, here's my scenario. <laughs> if 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 Vegas wins one game in Florida, they're winning it in five. They're winning the Stanley Cup in no. game five in front of their fans. No. So this is how I see. This is my scenario, Joey. See, tonight it's a bunch of scenarios and then only your Chris's scenario. <laughs> I think tomorrow's game is key for Florida. Okay, so if you're listening to this game this episode tomorrow morning, which you will. Tonight's game is very key for yeah, Florida. Thursday night. Because you win tonight, you're back in it. Even if Vegas wins game four, they go back home, I don't see them finishing it up there. Wow. Okay. I think tomorrow is key for Florida. Just stay out of the box. Stay out of the box. And, and it pisses me off because, and that's what's killing them, because we had said at the beginning that this was going to be um, – I said it, it might be very conservative because we have two powerhouse teams that are goal scorers. So they either come out conservative because they're both scared and playing it safe, oh, or no, they're going to no, explode, but only no one team is exploding. Safe. One team is exploding. And again, it's because Florida is not disciplined. And that's the problem. And one last thing, and then Chris, you can talk. I've been seeing a lot on social media the last couple of days and weeks. That Florida is the Montreal Canadiens two years the ago. The worst. Ah, and They're it comparing might, the it same might, thing, you know. And it might happen in these finals too, guys. You know, damn. you're fighting yeah. for playoffs. You squeeze in and you beat the number one seed and you beat all the fucking play team and then you reach to the Sonic Cup finals and you just break. Collapse. And this is what's happening right uh, now to Florida. And you got a $10 million goalie who's playing out of his mind. And uh, uh, go, Chris. Well, that's actually a great transition because I had my money on Bobrovsky actually being able to continue on through, and and it's been the other way around. Hill breaking news, making yeah, breaking news. He's human. 
<laughs> yeah, well, it's it's more like, you know, we posted a reel with Hill making the save uh, a la Braden Holtby. Yeah. And it's, it it's very much nuts. Yeah. Like, I never thought that he would continue to perform as such. So the goaltending has been one. The goaltending mm-hmm. battle to date is one. Florida still hasn't played at home, so it remains to be seen. I agree with everything you guys said on that front. Uh, number two is I was betting on Florida to be able to bully the Vegas uh, Golden Knights. It's been mm-hmm. the complete opposite. Uh, it's, no. it's actually I, sorry. Let me let me let me uh, let me intercept here. Florida is trying to bully, dude. Vegas is not backing down. They are not getting intimidated whatsoever. I'm, you know, you know what Marty St. Louis says? The pack mentality, dude. Vegas has it to the fucking T. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's showing like honestly, Florida was able to bully and scare and hurt other mm-hmm. teams and other players. And they haven't, like, I even said it in the prediction. I thought that Florida was going to be able to do it to Vegas as well. And good on Vegas for for holding their ground on that end. And I guess I don't know. I'd, I'd leave it on those two factors being the most significant, obviously the penalties uh, and what have you. But um, I think to me, those are the difference makers, the biggest difference makers to date. And can Florida turn it around? Are they genuinely in trouble? will know after their home games. And it's easy to say if they, let's say, go, if they lose tomorrow and they're down 3 nothing, it's easy to say we'll know after those games well, for sure. But there is a very good possibility that they go back to Florida and they, they bring it back and it's 2-2. And if it's 2-2, yeah. then you know, we got a whole new series. A whole new series. But to me, to me, it's, dude, that, that, that Barbashev hit on Gudas. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. that right there, that hit alone just – demonstrate that there's no fucking way we're letting you guys intimidate us and the Matthew Kachuk hit on Eichel beautiful beautiful hockey yeah. hit that that was a beautifully timed hockey hit but the way the team reacted afterwards everybody jumped on Matthew Kachuk that's the pack mentality excuse me that's the pack mentality and, and, they're, and they're not they're not backing down and I think we had said this in our prediction so Vegas was the most penalized team in the playoffs before this series. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they're out of the fucking box. It's okay? not. It makes a whole difference. It makes a whole big difference. They were the most penalized team in the, in the playoffs. We had said in our prediction, two factors who's they're going to win the Stanley cup, two factors. It was who's coming out, wanting it more, who has more heart. That's the same thing. And the hottest goalie. Those were the two factors we had said during our prediction. And right now, all we're seeing is Vegas wants it more. They're playing with fucking heart. They're playing with that pack mentality, like you just said, Sam. And Hill is fucking hot. Yeah, so is Jonathan Marchessault. Dude, that guy woke up at the perfect time. time. Like, seriously, I know we all, we were all raving about Florida, rightfully so. We were all yeah. saying, my God, Bobrovsky for Bobrovsky or Matthew Kachuk for Conn Smythe. Yo, let's let's take this to Vegas. If they win the cup, who's who wins the con smite? I Jack think it's Eichel. Oh, Jack dude, Eichel, Hill. I, I, no, I love no, Jack no. Eichel's play. Man, d- d- you gotta throw in Jonathan Marchessault in that subject, dude. Hundred like, percent Marchessault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it comes down yeah. to those three, but like it's 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 close. It's so close because Jack Eichel is the best centerman in the game right now. 
or at least in these playoffs. Aiden Hill is outperforming Bobrovsky. Let's be honest, he is. Bobrovsky loved what he did so far. It's just they figured him out. He's human. All the goals, they're like, oh, he screened. Just throw it on net. He can't see it. That puck is going in, which is what they've been doing. And Jonathan Marshall, so what a what a time to wake up and really bring your game to another level, man. Yep. And, and, and I think and, and I think a player a player like him, you know, the lesson learned from losing in the finals against against Washington, and then all those years losing the playoffs, especially losing against the Canadians the way they did, and not making it the playoffs last year. Sometimes you need to experience the lows before you 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 reach the high ground. You know, I was right. watching the Michael Jordan documentary. Everybody went through it. Everybody, you need to lose first in order to learn how to win. Yeah, that's that's I think I think that's what we all forget here. I think Bon Jovi's saying, you know, you can't win until you're afraid until you're not afraid to lose. Oh my god. Okay, I'm going to bed. All right. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, listen, game uh game three, Thursday night in Florida. Uh guys, I think we pretty much made the rounds here. So much for a 30 minute episode. Yeah, yeah, we just we just no, but, like, you know, we just a lot. Time. We had so much to talk about. Yeah, we double the time. It was awesome. Well, listen, that's uh that's a wrap for the curfew boys. Thank you all so much for tuning in to this uh special new episode. Listen, please share with a friend, subscribe, tell tell everybody about us, fellow Habs fans. Tell your Leafs friends, fans if you have any. Tell your Ottawa Senators fans, friends. If you have, tell your unhappy friends about us as well. Please click like and subscribe to the Wait, Curfew Boys. Hold on, hold on. If I want to see the true fans out there, if you made it this far to this episode, I'm going to say something right now, and I want you to message the Curfew Boys inbox after you listen to this episode. So if you made it this far, I want a message in our group. The Curfew Boys will be announcing something crazy soon. Okay? Not saying in a couple of days or weeks. We don't know yet, but something big's coming with the Curfew Boys. If you he- if you heard this because you made it this far, you're a true fan, and we will tell you what, what the surprise is. is. Okay? That's so if you enough. message the Curfew Boys podcast tomorrow on Instagram, hey, I made it to the end. What is the special surprise coming? We will tell you. That's fair enough. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, you cannot message us through there, but yes, you could reach us through Instagram or Facebook. Or call Joey at 514. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? You can find Joey on Twitter, Joey Palmieri on Twitter. Message him there, send him a DM. You can find him on Instagram. You could send him a DM as well. Um, listen, folks, thanks again for tuning in if you reached it this far. Hopefully you did. Um, Chris, Anthony, awesome awesome show as always uh it's getting late have a good night's sleep enjoy the game everybody game three until then bye now bye now, bye now. Bye now. Bye now.